This week's presenting sponsor is Hospital Food, weekly meal kits. Have you been struggling to decide what to eat for lunch or figuring out what to cook for dinner when you get home from a long, grueling day in the office? Well, look no further than Hospital Food, weekly meal kits. These kits include incredible meals such as stale sandwich, soggy salad, and overcooked soup. Nutritious options for people on the go doing the hard work. Hospital food, weekly meal kits. Hospital-grade food for hospital-grade people. This week's presenting sponsor for Excuse the Opinion. Now here we go. Welcome back to another episode of Excuse the Opinion, brought to you by the Denver Independent. My name, as always, is Fat Zach Efron, and we are going to be covering the first three weeks of epic football. Football's back, baby. Football's been back. And we are excited to discuss not only where these teams have gone in three weeks, but hopefully taking a little look at some projections and how things are going to be looking uh, as the season progresses. And with that, initial thoughts are, in a weird way, everything that we expected has kind of come into fruition. And we got a lot of answers to some questions regarding teams that were on the hot seat coming into the season um big ones being the chicago bears who have surprised some to this point maybe with the caliber uh of wins that they have had in the last two weeks as well as quality losses uh to teams who were competing at a high level last year. Uh, major loss for Kevin, obviously, being that against uh, Mr. Benjamin uh, in the Jerusalem Lions. But let's just dive right into the week one matchups, and we'll go week one, week two, week three, because that just makes the most sense to me. And my plan with this is to cover each week in a different way. And we'll start with week one, where... I have a little bit scripted for everybody. Um, I got a little cute with it, and that's just going to have to be okay. I'll get some things wrong. I spell things wrong. I say things wrong. Shut up. Um, but that's just how it's got to be sometimes, you know? Starting off with the first matchup of week one, Denver versus Camino. For this matchup, it was all chub that ends chub for Denver. As a bullshit, I mean, balanced roster... Brings it home for Nicholas, a 126-103 to final. In the next matchup of the day, we have Duluth versus Nola. Sally should have stayed. Mahomes this week as Noah digs the grave for Nola in week one. Final for the matchup would be 129 for Duluth, 97 for New Orleans. We move on to the Seamen of Chicago versus Bounce Back Team Seattle. And Chicago could not produce enough Seamen, I mean points, to open the season. As Seattle flexes too much muscle for Danny. Knocking out the Seamen, 127-103. to 103. Moving on to Providence versus Come Back 
to the league team Pensacola. And this, folks, was not much of a matchup. Not much to say here except God save the queen. And Providence rolls on. 132 to 86. We head across the pond ocean. We're talking here, folks, to a matchup between Jerusalem and the Bears of Chicago. And these Lions were Barkley-ing a little too loud for Kevin this week, leaving Derrick Henry scared and tuddyless. God, I'm funny. 117-109. to 109. Jerusalem moves on with a week one victory. And finally for week one, the closest matchup of the week, a scrappy Scranton team taking on a ferocious Philadelphia Eagles. And Lauren decides nine is plenty as she relies on Jonathan Toppers to bring home the bread, cheese that is, leaving Philly a whopping 0.21 points from a week one victory. Week one in the books, looking back on it, in many ways, based on the draft, a lot of the teams that we expected to do well did well. The number one matchup obviously being between two well-put-together teams in Chicago, the Seaman, and Seattle uh, by Michael. This matchup was definitely one of the matchups that we expected to be close while the point totals definitely did not reach the heights that many had expected, it was still a well-thought matchup and some bad luck for the Seaman. Let's Michael roll on with that week one victory. The matchup everybody is talking about, obviously, being that Scranton-Philly matchup. We love a close battle. This is why we love football. This is why we love Epic. And so that matchup in particular was a fun one for week one. However, there isn't much else to say because, as the storybooks have proven, you don't need to win week one to win it all. Or it might be the other way around. We're not sure. Regardless, we move on to week two. The formatting for discussing week two will be a little different. We're going to be going off the cuff here, all right? I haven't looked at week two in a while since, well, a week ago. So let's move on to week two. I'm going to be recapping on the fly, starting with Chicago Bears versus the Seattle Spartans. And boy, oh boy, did Chicago come to play a wildly lopsided matchup. Even with Seattle scoring an incredible 127 points, Chicago just shy of 160 in an incredible outing by Tyreek Hill amongst the rest of his team. An incredible outing, obviously, by his kicker. It's always good to get some kicker points. Many have thought the kicking position should be discarded. I say otherwise. I say that's what's fun about football. Even those who don't know as much have an opportunity to have luck go their way. But this was a good matchup for Kevin. Honestly, Fairly consistent play by some of his guys, but obviously the RB position in week two was a little disheartening. Only 15 points between his starting two backs. But at the end of the day, it's just about moving on. A W is a W and banners fly forever. Next matchup for week two, Pensacola versus New Orleans. 
and this was definitely a letdown game for Nola. Barely scraping together 78 points, 20 of that coming from Patrick Mahomes. Definitely a down week for Sally. And much could be said about the running backs here. Definitely unexpected point totals from Dalvin Cook. Not so unexpected totals from Ezekiel Elliott, but that's just an opinion. Pensacola gets its first win of the season in Pensacola fashion. Aaron Rodgers making mediocre QB1 numbers, but he relied heavily on that Buccaneers defense who led his team with 21 points. An incredible win when you can rely so heavily on a position that at the end of the day almost means nothing to you until they score a lot of points. Incredible. Truly incredible. Next, the most disappointing matchup of Week 2, Providence versus Scranton. While it was a close matchup, you could have argued this was a 3-2 to two game, a field goal and a safety. It was 80-78. to 78. Providence rolls on. However, a lot to show here from Lauren and Scranton that Jonathan Taylor underperformed. Might have gotten injured that week. I don't know. I don't actually watch the games. I watch Epic, as you should as well. But Kyler Murray has definitely proven to be uh, a fairly consistent asset for her. Obviously, week three was a little bit of a, a downturn, but we expect in weeks four and five for him to really turn things around uh, and then obviously disappoint at the end of the season. From there, definitely a lot of injuries played into this. Um, looking back, I assume many of these players will not be on the rosters by the next week. I uh, can almost guarantee that. However... Lots of big names in this matchup that really underperformed, and ultimately that is what led to the disappointment that was Providence versus Scranton. But we love it. Providence rolls on. Next, the high point of the week, the Camino Kenobis, who really came out hot this year, really shown themselves to be a favorite for the championship. A well-put-together starting lineup, obviously. The depth on that bench is abysmal. But Nikki has always proven that a manager's role does not end at the draft. However, this was an incredible outing, too, by Philadelphia, who managed to put up what ended up being a top three point total for the week. However, they went up against the highest powered offense in the land that week. And Jalen Hurts really is showing for Nikki that he is able to be possibly a QB1, but definitely a top five QB for the entire season. We assume that his production may trail off slightly, but I think it's fair to say you could always, you can bank on 21 to 23 points for Jalen Hurts, almost guaranteed. And then definitely Swift is uh, has come to play these first three weeks obviously week three being a little bit of a down week but uh the production those first two weeks definitely helping nikki press on through some tough opponents we one beat denver god an incredible opponent but we're not going to 
blow their heads up any bigger than they already are. Let's move on to the second closest matchup of the week. Chicago Seaman versus Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is showing that they are carrying over that high-powered offense from last year into this year and really showing what they are capable of doing even when the haters said they were not going to make anything of the 2022 season. A really well put together team in a lot of ways. The QB position is almost guaranteed to be QB one of the year. And with that, most likely the highest scoring fantasy player of 2022 in Josh Allen. And definitely a surprise to some, but not to me. Saquon Barkley came to play. Week two, obviously, a little bit of a down week. But even then... The production there is going to be at a consistency that is really going to help this Jerusalem team. A good little RB match uh, duo in week two. Um, some disappointment possibly for the wide receiver positions, but in a weird way, um, this was to be expected from Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, a Kansas City team with too many weapons. A strange problem to have in these times. However, it appears that in this matchup of 115.6 to 114.7, the deciding factor was that Daniel decided to play a defense. How dumb can you be? Negative 2.34 points. Truly sad that he would do something truly unbecoming of a commissioner of his status, which ultimately led to his defeat. Daniel, play nine next time. Play nine. You're better than this. But lastly, let's discuss the closest matchup of week two. The Denver Broncos versus Champions Emeritus. I don't think that's the right term. We're going to go with the Champions Emeritus. I need to get a dictionary. Champions Emeritus. Duluth Eskimos. A 120.24 to 120.08 matchup. In many ways for the Broncos so far this season, the play from the quarterback position has been consistent for through the first three weeks. Um, but we hope that Isaac was not expecting Joe Burrow to be a breakout star at quarterback because that has just not been the case. However, when it comes to the RB position, there has been some some crazy consistency from Nick Chubb. We would like to see a little bit more, obviously, from Najee Harris. Uh, we, as in fans of Denver, obviously. Um, but there is a lot to like about this Week 2 matchup. The thing we don't like is the sad defensive performances on both ends. A negative performance for the Broncos and a sub-one-point performance for the Bengals. It is likely that we will see some roster changes for both of these teams, but the core of both teams' starting lineups appears to be fairly strong, likely needing to bolster that RB position for Duluth if they're hoping to make the kind of run they did before. The wide receiver position is stacked, to say the least. But we are going to need to see more from Duluth's running backs if he is hoping to make a repeat as champion in Epic.
an incredible final for week two. Hot teams looking back on week two, definitely the Camino Kenobis um, and the Chicago Bears, who appear to be heading in the right direction, and a sneaky Jerusalem squad who ends week two 2-0 two and o, um, with consistent mid-110s point totals. Teams that shocked in a bad way. We're definitely looking at Providence and Philadelphia. Philadelphia definitely needs to figure out what they're doing on defense. The offense is scoring at an incredible rate, and it it's going to take it's going to take a strong defensive performance to help stop some of these high-powered offenses this year in Epic. But I digress. We move on to week three. But before we get to week three, another word from one of our sponsors. And now a word from the Association for Sleeping Healthcare Professionals. Sleep is vital. Sleep is important. Sleep is what it takes to work a 12-hour shift and have time and energy to come home and cry. Studies have shown that sleep leads to waking up feeling rested. Sleep is what it's going to take as all of the current healthcare professionals retire. Sleep. This has been a word from the National Institute for Sleeping Healthcare Professionals. I think. I can't remember what I said earlier in the ad. All right, and we're back with week three recap. What we're going to be doing is going over scores. We're going to be spewing some hot takes. And then we're going to take a quick look ahead at the next three weeks, which will be when we have our next show. Um, But I will say we have a special surprise for you all at the end of this episode. But before we get there, let's go through week three, the week three roundup. Bing, bang, boom, Philadelphia versus New Orleans. Sally coming back from the depths of hell with 145 points in this week three matchup. Philadelphia unable to figure out their defensive woes. And on top of that, struggles on the offensive front, starting with the top three, those RBs and his wide and his wide receiver quarterback. Let's take flight disappointing outcome for his team very subpar numbers but not subpar from sally incredible matchup no reliance on the kicking and defensive luck that comes in week to week expectations for these players going forward may not be as high as this week three matchup but definitely impressive Another win from Kevin and Chicago as the Bears roll right over Pennsylvania. I guess the steamrollers would roll. The Chicago Bears claw their way right over top of Pensacola. A very close matchup, 121 to 118. Looking forward for Kevin, this is definitely a strong start for the Bears. Definitely a start that we haven't seen in many years. We're hoping that this will continue and that these offensive numbers will um, continue to remain steady for Chicago. We're expecting definitely an eight or nine win season from the Bears this year. 
and I don't think the fans will settle for anything less. This may be the last season for Kevin in Chicago if he's unable to produce a shit, let's just say above 500 season. But it's a strong start for the Bears. As for Pensacola, definitely has not been the kind of introduction back into Epic that Stu would have liked. But we're definitely seeing some strong offensive output. The biggest crux of his team is, excuse me, definitely going to be Aaron Rodgers and whether or not he produces week in and week out. And with that, we have our first segment of the 2022 season, the ball and chain of the first three weeks. And this first three weeks, the ball and chain is Aaron Rodgers. For those who don't understand the concept of this segment, uh, the ball and chain is a big name, a position, a player that this owner cannot necessarily part with early on due to expectations for them. However, they have shown to be holding down this owner from true progress and true success in Epic. Aaron Rodgers, you win ball and chain of, of the first three weeks of Epic. Congratulations, good sir. Moving on to the next matchup, definitely two bad outings back-to-back for the Steamrollers as Seattle rolls right over Prov... God, I'm funny. Rolls right over... I'm going to say it a third time. Rolls right over Providence, 130-91. to And for this matchup, not much truly to say. Just some subpar output from the starting lineup here for... Thomas, we expect better and we hope better. There's definitely um, much to salvage from this team. The pieces are there in certain positions and it definitely just needs to be bolstered. But we expect we expect a turnaround offensively for his record does not reflect the struggles he has had offensively early on. As for Seattle, Michael has definitely put together a squad worthy of his 2020 season comparison. Offensively, a lot is clicking for this team, and we we like the RB output from this squad, and obviously there's not much else to say. Lamar Jackson is going to be a high-caliber quarterback, possibly a 1-1 as far as fantasy numbers by the end of the season go next jerusalem took on the camino kenobis and nicholas continues his onslaught into week three truly impressive output consistently and there's nothing really to say about jerusalem in a weird way they put up solid numbers definitely some some injuries causing this team to um not reach its full potential and yet they're able to plug and chug and put up a strong again 110s performance that's truly impressive and benjamin's multi-year plan of rebuilding the offense has truly shown to be quite impressive next the sad matchup of the week the seaman of chicago versus champion emeritus duluth Neither team finding much footing offensively, but it came down to a very well put together receiving performance for the Seaman. And 
that's really all that can be said. Again, injuries playing a big part of a lot of teams' woes early on in the 2022 season. But we definitely expect managers of this caliber to push past these woes and still perform at a quality that the Epic fans expect at this point, to be honest. Lastly, we'll go to a controversial matchup in many ways. The Denver Broncos versus the Scranton Stranglers. There has been... A lot of talk that Lauren has believed she does not need 10 positions and that she is capable of defeating teams with nine. And in this matchup in week three, she came damn close. And in a weird way, she is beginning to prove her point. Not the best performance from Denver. A barely, barely above 100 point uh, total for them offensively. Uh, good RB uh, output, and then some some solid numbers from a flex wide receiver in Adam Thielen as this team was dealing with some goddamn suspension news. Son of a bitch. But definitely enough from other key players and a positive defensive performance which kept this team afloat against a scrappy Scranton team that even with a player down, almost came out of week three with a W. So far this season, we have seen, again, as we've said, some very expected outcomes, but the offensive totals have definitely not reached the heights that they have in previous seasons, much of that having to do with injury and some star players not reaching full potential. But it's early in the year. It's anybody's season. And as Epic has shown, the competitiveness of these managers and these owners is only going to increase as the weeks progress. Looking ahead at week four, we've got some interesting matchups. A Chicago bowl of sorts as the Seamen take on the Bears. The city of Chicago will be booming for this matchup. It is one of the most highly anticipated matchups of the year per usual Uh strong manager matchup between Seattle and Duluth will definitely be a high point yielding matchup. We're hoping Providence is able to find its footing offensively uh, against rival Camino. This will definitely uh, be a a bowl of two like-minded owners who who have very similar ideals and um, have constructed solid teams. And so we're hoping to see uh, some high point totals for that matchup. Um, Jerusalem versus Pensacola is definitely going to be an interesting matchup if Pensacola is able to essentially dethrone a hot Jerusalem team. That will be definitely the biggest question mark of this week. And then looking at New Orleans versus Scranton. These are two teams still kind of looking to find their identity in the league. And New Orleans hoping to carry over the hot week they had from week three, the strong offense and the solid defensive performance and look to smother Scranton early in the matchup so that they are not able to come back from it. Is Lauren looking to knock a roster position off? Is Lauren to make a, looking to make a point that 
10 is too many and nine is enough to win Epic. I don't know, but Lord knows I'm excited to see if she's able to do it. And that has been the first three weeks in some sort of summary. We like to be convoluted on this show. And that's okay. That's the way it has to be sometimes. Sometimes shows are too structured. And it just gets boring because all they spew is statistics and facts and numbers and blech. We don't need that here. All right. We're hitting you with nothing but the hot takes and the interesting truths, which aren't lies. They're just a different kind of truth. But the moment you've all been waiting for, we have an exclusive interview to share with you. I was lucky enough to have a short phone interaction with the owner of the Denver Broncos, Mr. Isaac. It was very kind of him to spare a few moments with me so I could ask some questions about his thoughts on the 2022 season, where he's hoping to take his team, and if he's thinking that this is going to be the year for Denver, definitely a city that has been looking for that next championship, and things are only going to be harder as Epic gets more and more competitive. So without further ado, our interview with Isaac, the owner of the Denver Broncos. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, but all right, if you're ready to start, I am too. Um, let me introduce you real quick to the folks. Everybody, this is two-time Epic League champion, one of the top defensive minds of Epic, a multi-year defensive crown champion, Isaac, owner of the Denver Broncos. First of all, it's an honor to have an opportunity to speak with you on the podcast. Happy to speak with you too. Glad you reached out. I am always available for the Denver Independent um, and obviously any of its affiliated podcasts and news outlets. All right. Well, I wanted to start off by talking about the finish to last season. Your team was hot for much of the year, but it felt like some weeks the guys just didn't show up to play. How do you as an owner use the draft to combat this type of problem in 2022? Yeah, no, it's definitely true. We had a stellar offense and Kyler's versatility opened things up for us early on. And as good of a player and leader as he was for us, I think we really lacked the veteran presence during those late season moments. Um, looking ahead to the draft, we want to continue our game plan defensively, which has been very successful for us, and look for that guy or those guys that can kind of motivate um, the team and players late in the season when it really matters most. That being said, is there anybody you have in mind? Definitely have a few in mind, but we like to keep our cards uh, close to our chest until draft day. No, very understandable for sure. You mentioned you have a defensive plan. Obviously, last year, Denver had the top-rated defense in Epic, but it wasn't that long ago you had one of Epic's all-time bad defenses. How did you make such an incredible turnaround? Yeah, well, 2018, we found ourselves lacking the kind of depth we had in our championship campaign the year before. We used the draft as a means of finding talent that would work in our system, and the 
guys definitely bought in. I believe believe it was only a year later we had the second best defense in the league. So really, it, it didn't take any special schemes, just some good scouting and definitely a healthy amount of patience. You definitely make it sound pretty easy. Truly one of the best defensive minds in football. Uh, oh, and I do want to correct myself from earlier. The 2018 Broncos were the worst defense in Epic since the expansion until the 2021 Chicago Bears. The worst was actually the 2016 Minnesota Vikings. Remember them? I will not lie. That feels like a lifetime ago. Epic has come very far since those days. Yeah, definitely a much better product these days. Last thing I wanted to talk to you about um, is your good friend Dan, the commish. Yeah, definitely thought that one might get brought up. I mean, we definitely can't have a conversation about Epic without discussing the commish, who in these last few years has definitely made many strides and ploys to gain and accumulate power over the Epic owners even as the league expands. Do you do you have any thoughts or feelings on his his grabs at power? Well, my relationship with Dan definitely goes back a lot longer than the history of Epic does. And I mean, back in those days, we were calling him Danny for crying out loud. He has always been a very ambitious individual and Epic is definitely the culmination of that ambition and that passion that he has. In terms of his his role as the commissioner of the league, obviously him and I have butted heads numerous times in the past, and I've definitely taken a back seat as newer managers in the league have definitely taken on that role of being a, a voice for the owners of the league in um, combating any sort of grabs at power that may be at play, but I believe in Epic we definitely have a lot of checks and balances and we as owners do a lot to make sure that the league is well balanced and that at the end of the day the product that we are producing for the most important aspect of the league, which is the Epic League fans, um, that that product is top tier and second to none. And so that is ultimately all of our hopes at the end of the day. And so when you have so many strong-minded individuals in the same league, you're definitely going to have a lot of tension at times. But I felt like so far we have definitely figured out a way to work together to continue to produce at the highest level in all sports. I respect the position that you're in, obviously having a relationship with the commish from days before even Epic existed. So uh, I understand that your perception of him is definitely going to be different than the perception of those of us who watch Epic from afar. But ultimately, I do have one major question associated kind of with this line related to the commission, Dan. Um, One question that I hope to one day ask him himself, and that question is, is control of Epic mostly sexual for Dan? 
Um, what? Could you repeat that question? His control over the league. Yeah? Would you say that that comes from a place that is primarily sexual? I mean, I love the guy, but, you know, his team is called the Chicago Seamen, so... Does that kind of answer your question? You heard it here first, folks, on Excuse the Opinion. The commish, his control over Epic, is primarily sexual. Check back on the website for merch to come. Isaac, we truly appreciate your time. Obviously, you're a very busy man, and so it means a lot to myself uh, as a Denver fan, uh, as well as us as a podcast and the Denver Independent as a whole, having you on here and... um, for that, we will be sending you a care package with, obviously, uh, the commission's control over Epic is primarily sexual merch uh, to be included. Well, that is mighty kind of you. I definitely continue to wear my, uh, not my commission tank top to bed. Uh, that was very kind of you to send to me. You definitely didn't have to do that. Well, that was definitely a fun line to produce, and so I'm very glad that you felt the products were high quality and that you uh, continue to wear them and support not only the Denver Independent, but obviously, excuse the opinion, uh, we're still a young podcast, and we are hoping to do great things in the future. No, I definitely have enjoyed the podcast thus far, and if you ever want to have me on again, just, uh, you got my number, just give me a shoot me a text and we will throw something together for sure hoping to have you in studio next time obviously we understand that you are traveling for your matchup against the Camino Kenobis that has got to be quite the plane chip rocket ride we definitely had to expand our transportation options for this season but we are definitely excited to be expanding the reach of epic across um, markets that it has never reached in prior years and so you know a little extra work for hopefully a lot more reward that that is for sure and so i just want to thank you again isaac for coming on the podcast and we look forward to watching this week one matchup and hearing from you again in the future no i appreciate it fat zach you take care too All right, folks, that has been our recap of the first three weeks of Epic. Hope you enjoyed that little teaser of an interview for things to come, hopefully, for Epic. We always enjoy getting a chance to speak to the hometown team and particularly the hometown team owner. And so with that, I will leave you be. I have been Vat Zach, and this has been Excuse the Opinion. Excuse the Opinion.